Support for KNKX Connects comes from the Falconer family of Western Washington, supporters of a free, independent, and energetic press who urge listeners to get involved in their local community and to support KNKX. The Supreme Court of Washington has a new leader. Deborah Stevens was sworn in last week to lead the nine justices in Olympia. She's been on the court since 2008 and is the only current justice from eastern Washington. I sat down with her recently to talk about her new role as chief justice, as well as her background, a first-generation college graduate from Spokane who initially did not want to study law. There's a quote from your swearing in as uh, Supreme Court Justice from 2008 that I want to get your reaction to because I love this quote. Um, you said, the courts are the one place where the smallest dog can lift his leg against the biggest tree. Yeah, totally <laughs> true. I think from an access to justice perspective, that is so true of courts. You know, this is the place where everyone comes to the court to resolve their disputes and we treat people fairly and equally. It doesn't matter what position you hold in society, you have the same status as a litigant in the court. Now, obviously, there are practical impediments to access to justice, and we're working hard to try to even the playing field in reality. But the notion remains, and I think it guides most judges, that Everyone who comes in front of the court is equal. And so that quote is not original to me. That's, that's from a cowboy poet I've always loved. And I just think that's such a great description. How do you, how do you bring the practical in line with, with the theoretical? The, the law says, in theory, we're all equal. Um, how do you, as a judge, make sure that that's true? In some ways, judges can only do so much to make sure that's true. You know, our, our lane is maintaining the rule of law. I mean, another of my my favorite quotes uh, that comes from literature from A Man for All Seasons, the story of Sir Thomas More, is when uh, he has a son-in-law who's really a firebrand and wants to change every law that needs to be changed in order to achieve justice. And Thomas More says, well, if you start cutting down those trees <laughs> that are the laws that provide the rule of law, then where are you going to hide from the winds that will blow if those trees aren't there? And so I think... As judges, we have to be aware that we can't solve all the problems uh, that lead to social strife and inequality, but we can do our best to make sure that when people come to court, they are heard and the cases are decided based on the rule of law. May I ask you about being a first-generation college student? Mm -hmm. How did that shape you? So my... um, My dad's a first-generation American. My mom grew up desperately poor and was an orphan at the age of 14, so she wasn't even able to finish high school. And so for them, the emphasis they put on education for their daughters, I have four sisters, was to encourage us to find our way. And I have to say, Gonzaga changed my life and my whole family's life. All along, I received encouragement that said, you can do this. Do you have opportunities to interact with first-generation college All students? All the time. Yeah. From well before I became a justice, I've been involved in Upward Bound and in mentorship programs, and I just think one of the most important things all of us should be doing, starting with kids at a young age, is lifting them up, encouraging them about the talent they have. It seems like such an interesting role to be on, on the Supreme Court especially, because on one hand you are the the face of an institution and in your public figures in that way that you're representing the rule of law and the, the fairness of law, uh, but you're also individuals who come from different backgrounds. You're the only justice from eastern Washington. 
Yeah, currently. Currently. <laughs> so <laughs> it is true that, that I think anyone who comes uh, to wear a robe brings who they are and what their experiences are with them. That doesn't mean those experiences or individual personality drives their decisions. It doesn't mean that at all. But I do think diverse justices better inform a more complete uh, sense of justice. And we have the most diverse court right now in the history of the Washington State Supreme Court. One of the things I I learned about the court that surprised me, uh, you know, we are used to as the public waiting a while before uh, a case is decided, Mm -hmm. um, before the opinion comes out. But I was surprised to learn that that the justices decide the case the very day the arguments are heard, and what takes the time is the writing of the opinion. I'd slightly correct that. The justices do not decide the case until the signatures are on the paper. (laughs) So we do uh, take a vote on the day of argument. So immediately after we hear oral argument, we convene as a group, and that will be the first time that we have formally debated the case. Uh, and even that presentation has some rigor and formality. Um, but that's, that's interesting because we're used to like a jury room idea where, mm-hmm. where the jurors go into the room and, you know, if the movies are to be believed, all yell at each other until they come to a conclusion. <laughs> yeah. But this is, this is very orderly over extreme matters of law. I mean. Absolutely. Um, a jury may be together for one case. We're together all the time. So you have to learn to disagree without being disagreeable and to have constructive, uh, principled debate. And that is really what we strive for. Oftentimes, the opinion that comes out in the end is so much stronger because of the disagreements that happen during, even during the course of writing. You talk about disagreeing without being disagreeable. Do you ever step out of the temple of justice and go into the world to grocery shop or drive yourself home or, or whatever and think, gosh, I wish that was the rule everywhere? Oh, I do. You know, <laughs> I, I, I think that in every phase of all of our lives, we're, we're in a moment where the tenor of debate can be pretty nasty and the lines can be so sharply drawn And, you know, it's hard to live your life in a world where it's, you know, us and them or this side or that side. And I think what being in the law teaches anyone, but especially being on a collegial court such as this one, is you have to be able to hold an idea without necessarily embracing it, to see both sides of an argument, to try to come to a reasoned position that you believe best reflects the outcome that is consistent with the law and with justice. Uh, And if that's done in a respectful way, everybody is better for that. You have said a law degree is a license to change the world in a variety of ways. So how do you hope this court changes the world? I think this court, uh, we richly debate issues because we bring different perspectives. And I think the way we will change the view of the law is that it will become more personal and more real to so many people because they will see it through the eyes of people who who don't take it for granted, you know, who have these different perspectives. And so I think, though, each of us who serves on this court may have entered the practice of law with a different dream or a different goal, well, now we have, you know, the same goal, which is, you know, to make access to justice, a reality for everyone in the state, uh, to try to write decisions that are are clear. And I think we're setting a tone for healthy 
discourse um, that will be a proud legacy of this court. Chief Justice Deborah Stevens, thank you for your time. Thank you.